And so I just want to... I just want to encourage you all to uh, tell others about this podcast. Let others know that uh, you are listening to CDW Life Nuggets podcast available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify Podcasts, uh, Google Play Podcasts, wherever you can find a podcast. And you need to listen to this one. Again, we have uh, Dr. Prophetess Beatrice Gardner and uh, I am extremely grateful that she has taken the time to pour into us, to share with us. Um, She is a woman of God. Uh, a great woman in the kingdom, um, and she has paved the way for many, to me, women in ministry, and she's done it in such an eloquent uh, way, and I thank God for her. Um, As I previously mentioned, predecessors are to be honored. They are to be highly esteemed. They are to be respected, and uh, and she is that to me. I admire her from afar. I thank God for her, and uh, again, I'm just beyond excited that she's here, and so uh, I am going to introduce her and we're just going to have a very candid conversation uh, tonight, uh, this this day tonight. Whenever you listen to this podcast, uh, it is the wins and the woes of life and ministry. And I know there are many women uh, who are listening to them, men as well, who are listening to this and are experiencing um, the highs and the lows of life and of ministry. And sometimes it's hard to balance those two things. And I know this great woman of God has much wisdom to share with us. Uh, in lieu of how to do that successfully, um, even if you have to press your way through. And so I am going to introduce uh, Dr. Gardner. I call you Dr. G. Are you on the line? Yes, I am. Hello there. I'm so happy that you uh, <laughs> accepted and and that you're here. And I know what you shared tonight, I'm telling you, I'm so excited. I know it's going to bless uh, so many people. Uh, you are a jewel uh, in the kingdom and a jewel in my heart, and I honor you and thank God for you being uh, on our podcast. Thank you so much for having me. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Okay, so I want I want to dive right into it because I, I know that, you know, there are a lot of things that we can uh, shout about and celebrate in terms of um, the successes and the triumphs of, um, of ministry as it relates to our lives. Um, but we don't often, we're not often as transparent about those of valley moments and how you overcome those and what you do during those and, and how you don't forget the successes and, and still don't dishonor the valleys because you learn of God in those places as well. And so I really want to uh, dig deep in those and just glean. I want everyone that's listening to this podcast, whatever time they listen to it, I want them to be blessed sitting at your feet and gleaning from you and what you have to share. So tell us, how long have you been in ministry in total? 45 years. <laughs> Good God, that is longer than some people are living here. <laughs> 45 years. Oh, I started God. off I started off at 14 years old. Wow. And by, by 18, I was full-fledged in ministry. At 14, I was the daughter of Zion, which was, Prayer warriors. I started off as a prayer warrior, and by 18, I was full fledged preaching. 21, I was traveling on the road all over the country. Wow, <laughs> wow, that is so amazing. That is I, again, I'm blown. Up. I knew you had been in ministry for a while, um, but I didn't know 45 years. That's that is amazing. So yes. you know, when you first started out, did you being so young? How did you? overcome just that barrier? Did you have any pushback or did you have major support? What was that like when you started out? Oh, it was horrific. It was very, very hard because 
back then they didn't believe in female preachers. Uh, mm-hmm. And I was raised in the Kochic church. So you could be a missionary and you could reach, yeah. but you couldn't teach. And so um, being birthed out, um, my mother used to drag me to prayer meetings when I was eight years old, eight, nine, ten. All I knew was God. So by 11, right. I, I was very well groomed into being a prayer warrior. Well, when I started to acknowledge that the Lord was calling me to preach slash mm-hmm. teach, uh, I was considered haughty, high-minded, disrespectful, wow. out of order. Uh, I was preached on. I was publicly ridiculed the whole nine. And then yeah. they didn't really know what to do with me because in conjunction to preaching, I had a prophetic ministry, so I would dream things and see things and try to say mm-hmm. to them what I was seeing and feeling, and they didn't know how to embrace that. They didn't know how to groom that because they talked about it, but you didn't see it in the Pentecostal church back then. Wow. So it was very well, hard. What do you think, you know, I, I, um, I started preaching when I was 16, and so I kind of, of course, I haven't been preaching 45 years. I have not even been living 45 years. Let's just clear that. <laughs> so, but I started preaching very young, too, you know, and I experienced some of that. Why do you think that um, that is, aside from traditionalism, do you think it's fear? Do you think that it is um, just a hold of traditionalism that won't allow that? Why? Why do you think that is when – a person, male or female, because, you know, there are just women who listen to the podcast, but for anyone who's starting out in, in ministry, why do you think that there is some pushback if God, according to Joel, you and I both know, pours out his spirit upon all, you know, and the spirit of God lives in all of us, why do you think that there's some pushback when it comes to ministry? Uh, it's Part of it was fear, and the other part mm-hmm. was sheer ignorance and tradition. Uh, They just didn't think that women were capable of doing anything but being a mother. In fact, that's what they taught us, that you are to be a wife, a chaste woman, obedient, Mm -hmm. but they classified it to keep us from venturing into ministry. You cannot use self-authority over men. Like, you wanted to take over the male role. You wanted to dominate them. And that was not the case at all. It was just simply trying to obey a calling on your life, but they didn't see it that way. Right. And so uh, the, our best was we could assist with the communion, we could pray for the people on the altar, we could stand there and hold the child or give them the oil, but to actually go forth and lay hands ourselves, that was a no-no. So uh, there were times when the older mothers were able to lay hands on us, but we ourselves mm-hmm. couldn't do anything but just sit. And if they gave us a chance to speak, it was like 10 to 15 minutes, and then they would tell us, they would stand us in front of the women like women can't preach to men, and then your message was structured from the mothers. You teach on being a chaste wife. You teach on yeah, being holy. Yeah. And so they right. gave guidelines as to what you can preach and boundaries because they just felt like we couldn't do it. We were not called to do it. We were not appointed to do it, and we were not anointed to do it. And so the stigma of that has carried for years 
throughout mm-hmm. not only the Pentecostal church, but even in the Baptist church. It's like women can't right, do this. Yeah. So um, it, it was a stronghold for years. Um, we're starting to see a whole lot of more liberty now. Uh, women have it easy now. It's, oh, my God. If it was like this when I and came out. And this is why I call you the, pedo- the predecessor, <laughs> because I feel like women of God like you have paved the way for women of God like me. And, I, and again, I have experienced some of, you know, what you're talking about early on in ministry and even now to some degree. But I know that what I've experienced is nothing compared to the women of God that have come before me. Um, this is why I'm so grateful for women in ministry that God has chosen that were bold enough to stand their ground and be faithful to who God was because it opened doors for women of God like me. Um, and, I, again, I just, I'm, I'm so very grateful. I can't say that enough. Um, and I think often sometimes when we get to where we feel like God has placed us, we forget that we didn't get there by ourselves, even if our hands were not held. Somebody was on their knees, you know, paving the way, um, praying, doing the work. And so, again, I thank God for you for that because I'm telling you, your life and other women and men, too, who believe that uh, God's voice is not just in a particular gender um, really opened the door for women uh, and men like myself who are coming behind you all. Absolutely. So I thank God for that. So, so you you were young, you were a woman, and you had those things, you know, working against you. Who was the person, not against, but those things you had to overcome, rather? Who who was the person or people that you sat at the feet of, that you gleaned from, that supported you, that were loyal to God and to you throughout that journey? To be honest with you, uh, I didn't have anybody. Uh, what happened to me was right. very, very interesting journey. Um, like I said, at 21, I started to travel, and I was connected with an evangelistic team that was totally away from Kojic uh, Church. It was a deliverance mm-hmm. ministry, and it was like 16 of us that traveled, and, and I went along as a young evangelist and singer and what have you. And um, from there, I was on a 21-day fast, and we were in a church in Compton, California, and it was a female pastor, and I was just blown away that it was a female pastor, number one. Uh, and number two, I felt led to shut in, and the Lord began to speak to me uh, at 21 years old on a 21-day fast that he was getting ready to take my ministry into another direction. Well, no, I had no clue of what that would be. Mm-hmm. I had no idea that the Lord was getting ready to launch me full time. So Mm -hmm. two years after that fact, um, I felt led to the Lord. I'm like, I need to come home because I was a mother. I need to come home. I need to be with my children. This is too much. Mm -hmm. And I walked in a church, and that church was Pastor E.R. Allen. She was in Chicago, and she had a Mm -hmm. healing ministry. Again, from one deliverance ministry to another. And these nuggets were coming at me, and I didn't know what they were, and mm-hmm. she, when I walked in the door, I had had an encounter with the, with the visitation of an angel, and I thought, nobody's ever going to believe me, they're going to think I'm crazy, mm-hmm. I can't tell the people that, but as soon as I walked in the door with another friend who was dying with cancer and wanted to go to this miracle healing service, the lady called mm-hmm. me out, she said, young lady, don't sit down, 
She said, the Lord said you're to work with this ministry. And I'm looking at her like, who's she talking to? Because she can't be talking to me. I've never been in this place before. (laughs) And she she goes, you in the red dress. So I point to me, and she goes, yes. And she tells me to come down the aisle, and as I'm coming down the aisle, she began to say that the fire of the Lord was all in me and around me, and she could Mm -hmm, see the fire mm -hmm. of the anointing. And she said, there's an eight-foot angel standing next to you. Well, when she said that, I knew something because that's what I had an encounter with. And she said, everywhere you go, this angel will go, and the Lord gets you to work for me, and I refuse to take no for an answer. She hired me on the spot and didn't know me. So she hired me to be a praise and worship leader, and that was short-lived. It was only for one year. Uh, But Mm -hmm. in that year, I saw so many miracles take place under her ministry, and I saw so many miracles take place under Apostle Warner's ministry. It was like, wow, I didn't know that you could operate in deliverance like that, like people actually can heal. I'm seeing people can heal with cancer and spit up tumors and all that. I'm wow. like, wow, this is, that was like an eye-opener from where I come from. So that was an impartation. But one mm-hmm. of the greatest things happened to me because after that, uh, I was so shunned in the church. I was so rebuked in the church. I was like, that's it, I'm done. I'm not doing church anymore. And my sister got saved under my ministry at 14. I was 14. She got delivered under me. She invited me to a church, and there was this woman named Pastor Harris. And she had Mm -hmm. 17 children. And I I walked in her church, and she was apostolic. So now you see, it's Mm -hmm. like from COVID to uh, uh, evangelism with uh, Mm -hmm. deliverance ministry. Back to the right. and now into this apostolic church. It's like the Lord was giving me a taste of everything to glean from to right. make me whole. Right. He was completing right. like a fivefold in me. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And right, so right, right. I walked in this lady's church and she said, You're my friend's friend. And I didn't understand what she was talking about. I'm like, Who? Well, I'm not her friend. I don't know this lady. Again, <laughs> right. uh, and, and at this point, I'm just so hurt because I've been so wounded. And beat up so mm-hmm. bad in the church. I'm like, maybe I'm not supposed to be. I started to second guess myself. And she pulled out a hundred dollar bill. She said, I'm investing in your ministry. And I'm like, I don't have a ministry. She said, Oh yes, you do. You're gonna travel all wow. over this country. You go places I'll never be able to go. And I'm sowing the first seed into your ministry. So I'm like, this lady got these kids. She needs this money for herself. I don't want to take this lady's money. And so mm-hmm. I told her, mm-hmm. Why are you bring me out here to this lady? And we went again, and she said again, you're my friend's friend. And I'm like, why does she keep calling me her friend's friend? I could not understand that until mm. she went on a trip. And on the trip to Mississippi, she died in the car. And wow. they prayed for her, and she was revived. And she told her husband, I came back because I have to write my friend's friend a note. The Lord sent me back to give my friend's friend a note. So she had her wow. sister to write down this note telling me everything my ministry was going to be, how I was going to travel. Wow. She wanted me to sing a song at her funeral. May the works I've done speak for me. Never heard of the song, didn't mm-hmm. know anything about it. And as soon as they got through writing the note, she was gone. So wow. you can imagine how that impacted me because yeah. in the note she explained to me I'm a friend of God, and you're his friend. You're my friend's mm-hmm. friend. Oh, and my God. 
she was she was telling me that you're my friend because he's your friend and he's my friend. Mm-hmm. So you're my mm-hmm. friend's friend. And That's she so was feeding and that stuck with me. I mean, it carried me and it pulled me out of the place. And it and at by that time I'm like twenty four years old. And I'm like mm-hmm. ready to go. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, this is it. I'm Straight yeah, into ministry full time. Yeah, yeah, ac- absolutely. And it, and it. Um, so, but as far as grooming, everything mm-hmm. God downloaded into me Himself. Uh, I I gleaned from these people. I gleaned mm-hmm. character. I gleaned the anointing. I learned how to mm-hmm. get in the face of God. How to tap into the power of God. How to discern. Mm-hmm. How to go after the heart of God. But ministry itself. The Lord downloaded it into me because I was so eager for it. I mean, I would fast mm-hmm. 40 days a night. I would shut in and tell my friends who want to be around me, you've got to be in a shut-in. So I went hard after right. God and he met me there. Yeah. Oh, that's so awesome. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. What You know, I think that with testimonies um, like that of God's power meeting you where you were and revealing to you per your obedience, because I think, you know, sometimes we want God to pour into us and reveal to us when our lives have not completely submitted to him. We don't live in a place of surrender. You know, there are moments where I think it's okay for us to be um, slightly fearful, if you will, um, or um Timid may be may not be the word that I'm looking for, but I think that every person that God calls per scripture has those moments where they are like, "What me? You know, some, why don't you choose somebody else? Or maybe not now because of their age, or because of their prohibitions, or because of their in, uh, inadequacies, or whatever the case may be. But when there is a man or woman of God, a mouthpiece or a vessel of God that is yielded to Him, and He shows Himself, that is such a powerful moment of um, intimacy for the assignment of the kingdom. And in lieu of, you know, um, that statement is so powerful, I, you're my friend's friend. When you had those moments years down the line, you know, you are 20, in your 20s hearing that, and 30s and 40s and et cetera, whatever, five years from those moments, and you had um, highs and lows, how did you hold on to God's promise and his calling and words like that that you received when you had low and valley moments? You know, just reflecting back, just thinking about what you're saying, um, I'm the baby child of 22 children, 16 boys and six girls. I often question God because I'm the only one in ministry. And I often question, why do you call one of my brothers? Uh, Why do you use Mm -hmm, them? mm -hmm. Um, but it was appointed that I would do it. He taught me mm-hmm. faith at an early age. I learned faith at eight years old. It was mm-hmm. so many of us. Uh, there were times when we ran out of food. My mother was very proud. She wouldn't let us eat free lunch because my mother never mm-hmm. wanted to accept the fact that we was poor, and we weren't poor. We mm-hmm. was po, P-O, because we couldn't afford the other <laughs> O-R. It's a difference. It's a difference. We were, we were po, Okay. We pose. And so she she would tell us, 
We couldn't eat the free lunch at school. We had to walk home every day and eat food at home. That's for mm-hmm. poor people. And I'm like, we poor, mom. We really poor. And she would feed us from our dressing and spaghetti. And, you know, we go back to school. We're falling mm-hmm. asleep because we ate a meal, evening meal for lunch. But there were times when there was nothing there. And I would be crying, and my mother would buy 100-pound bag of potatoes. We had stew potatoes, fat potatoes, scalloped potatoes, mashed potatoes, baked potatoes, soup, baked potatoes, everything, okay? And yeah. I'm, like, I'm sick and tired of potatoes. I was crying one day, and I'm like, I'm sick and tired of potatoes. Mama, and I lost hot dogs. Oh, no. She said, shut your mouth. She said, mm. because if you learn how to thank God for the potatoes, he'll give you the meat. So we closed our wow. eyes, and she made us pray, and while we're holding hands praying, the doorbell ring, and here come mm. all these bags of grocery, and in the bag was hot dogs. Now, you can imagine what that did to me at eight. I'm like, oh, my God, I mean, what? I'm sure it catapulted your face. <laughs> it catapulted my face out the roof. Yes. It threw right. my face completely out of the roof. It's like, oh, my God, when you believe God. It really does happen. Hot dogs. I break out a spice salad. Wow. I'm dancing right, all right. over the floor because we got hot dogs. Well, at 25, that same faith works. And I am such a faith believer. I can go on and on right now and put people on the line of miracles that has taken place because of my faith. One of them was mm. um, after my divorce and, and my husband was gone. I had my niece in the house and she was gave a little boy in Chicago, and she ran up my phone bill, $2,800, and I had been homesick. They turned my phone off, and they said that I had to have a deposit equal to the amount of the bill before they turned it on because the bill had come in so high. I had nothing. Mm-hmm. But I was commuting from Houston to Dallas praying. I had a prayer ministry here in Dallas, and I was living mm-hmm. in Houston. Well, I flew in that Monday night to meet with the people at the Holiday Inn to pray, and while I was in there, I said, you know what? My faith is so big right now that I believe if I speak to my phone line, it's going to come on with a zero balance, and the Lord is going to do it. And I started praying. Mm-hmm. After I prayed, I got back to my secretary's house. The Lord said, now call home. When I called home, the phone rang. I hung it up. I picked it up and called again. My son said, hello. I hung it up. Then I told her, call my house. She called the house. My son said, why are you and my mama playing on the phone? The Lord did it just like that. So what that did for me is there is absolutely, positively nothing that I can conquer that's bigger than that. Because I have the bigger inside of me. And that's in every situation, in sickness, in in despair, in heaviness. I always bounce back. Of course, the humanist mm-hmm. will follow you. Something will hit you, grab you, and then me, yeah. it'll hit me, grab me, and then give me a day. I'm up on my feet like I still trust God, no matter what mm-hmm. it looks like. And trust me, you pay a price in ministry. You, if you haven't right. me yet, keep serving the Lord. You're going to hit those bumps in the road. You're going to fall into those cracks. But where your faith is bigger than your situation, I have a message called, I'm struggling between believe and receive. The struggle is the humanistic mm-hmm. part, wrestling with the spiritual part, and it is faith mm-hmm. over circumstances. The facts 
are big, but your faith is bigger. So which one are you going to believe? You're going to allow right, the law right. of your flesh to dominate the law of the spirit, or you're going to allow the law of the spirit make your flesh come subject to the power of the authority of the Holy Ghost and hold on to that faith. So that's how I challenge every situation that comes in my life, and that's how I overcome it, because I know God's credibility is great and his reputation is on the line, and I can't afford right. to try anything else other than what has worked in the past. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. That That is so rich and it's so true because, um, you know, you and I both know this, and, and the believers that are listening to this podcast can probably quote this scripture with me, but without faith, it's impossible to please him. For he that comes must believe that he is and that he's a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. And so we know those things, but sometimes right when we are in the the moment and we are struggling with, um, as Paul says, it's the flesh and the spirit war against one another. Mm-hmm. We're struggling with what we see, um, and it mm-hmm. doesn't line up with what God has said and, um, you know, struggling with things that we are trying to overcome uh, I want you to just take a moment to minister to a person who may be listening to this at whatever time they're listening, who, whether they are in ministry or, or not, are struggling with having the type of faith that you just spoke of. Because we we believe God for certain things that seem feasible in our minds. And we forget that the greatest thing that God could have ever done for us was to save us through Christ Jesus. You know, so we believe God for those things that are um, rationalized in our minds that God can, he can provide finances and God can do those, you know, things that seem uh, pseudo-God-like to us, but when they get out of our control and then when they're overwhelming, we immediately doubt God. So I just want you to take a moment to personally minister to somebody, ministry or not, that may not have the type of faith that you have. Well, first thing we need to recognize is, is that we cannot overstep our boundaries. We can't allow our emotions to override our God. He told us clearly, take no thought for tomorrow, which is which is your drink, which is your put on, for the Lord has control of your tomorrow. If your father, who is fleshly, can give you good gifts, how much more mm-hmm. your heavenly father. So when we start to take on burdens, false burdens, I might add, that don't belong to us, we got to put that back. He didn't give that to you. Mm-hmm. That's not your responsibility. It's not your responsibility mm-hmm. to worry about how you're going to make it. It's not your responsibility to try to fix it. It's not your responsibility to work it out. Put that back. Take your hands off of that. Take no thought. You are not to think about it. You're supposed to go on for it. Now, that's very hard to do when you're looking at the facts. The humanistic right. side of you is going to give you down days. But. When you tap into the power of God and not allow your emotions to override God's plan, you have to constantly remind yourself that God has plans concerning me. Shall a mother forget her suffering child? That's your right. But I have ascribed you in the palm of my hands. So that says to me, if God has ascribed me in the palm of his hands, every time he waves his hands, he'll see me. So if every time he waves his hand, see him, he sees me, and I haven't come out, it's because it's not my time yet. So then I have so to adjust my time frame to his time frame. I may want to come out right now. I've only been going through for a few seconds. The Bible says a day with the Lord is as a thousand years. A thousand so the Lord is saying, right, right. okay, I'm going to bring you out in five minutes. 
But to you, it's been 10 years. And the Lord said, okay, I said I'll bring you out in five minutes. And you're saying, but Lord, I've been going through the same thing for two years. He said, you have not been going through nothing but three and a half minutes. Give me a second, I won't bring you out because I've got plans concerning your life. And so we get that and we understand the scripture says, weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. When is night? We're in night. Midnight starts at what? 12 p.m. A new day mm-hmm. starts at what? 12.01, which is one minute after 12 is a new day, which says in God's time frame, you're just getting started. You embark on a new day. But to mm-hmm. you, it's hurtful because you're in that midnight season. Everything is magnified at night. Pain gets worse at night. You can't sleep. Restless, uh, headaches, body aches. As soon as you lay down. Night, tormented in the night, frustrated in the night, mm-hmm. because that's mm-hmm. the time of relaxation and the enemy wants to play with your mind as soon as you lay down. But when you begin to say things like, Lord, your credibility is on the line. You said it, and you right. said that you're not a man that you should lie. You said you're not the mm-hmm. son of man that you should repent. You said your word goes to the end of the earth. You said your word does not come back from you to you, boy. Why? Because sound mm-hmm. doesn't travel backwards. Sound does not travel backwards. So anything he speaks is going forward and is going forward pro- projectively. Why? Because he's Elohim. The Elohim is the creativeness of God. Every time he speaks, it's creative. From Genesis to now, every time God speaks, the elements hear and begin to respond to his voice. His voice is created. So if he says, I'm bringing you out, you're already out, but your time frame doesn't match up with the word. (laughs) And as soon as your time frame and your mind match up with what God has already done in the heavens, because as soon as he spoke it, it's done in the heavens. We're waiting on the manifestation right. in the earth. So when our mind catches up in the spirit of what God has already done in the spirit, then we'll see the manifestation in the earth. How do we get it? Shut your mouth. It is called right. the ability to endure hard hardness without murmuring and complaining. When you learn how to shut up. And let God mm-hmm. deal with it and let God do it. Hypermone. To hold on to God's faith in spite of what you see, in spite of what you feel. You cannot come to a spiritual balance with a carnal mindset. You have to bring yeah. your mind in alignment with the word, and the word does not travel backwards. It goes forward to get what you have. So by the time you get to where that word has already manifested, you could have had it like the children of Israel 40 years ago. But because you did right. not stop running your mouth and you did not stop trying the head of God, you prolong mm-hmm. your mm-hmm. own blessings. And let me tell you something. It is upon us in this season. The Lord said, mm-hmm. in this season, we need to be careful what we speak. Be careful how we act. Be careful that we operate in obedience because there's things that right. have already spoken over us last year and we're coming into the manifestation of it now. The, the season, the time frame is coming to a close. What is time? It's a vehicle that catapults us from what was and into what is to be. It is a mold of transportation. It is transporting us into the divine providence of God. So I would say to anybody that's listening to this line that's coming through now, it is just a matter of alignment, recalibrating your thinking, 
and time. Mm-hmm. When you recalibrate your thinking to think like God thinks, then time will bring you into. And what does the song say? We say it all the time. The time is just the same song. He may not come when you want him, but it's all the time. Guess you wonder it. I'll keep going. Listen, let me tell you how I stay strong. Got somebody. I come on the I'm not worried because we'll keep walking this walk along. The Lord knows. Don't get it twisted. He knows the way that you take. Mm-hmm. And after that, mm-hmm. you've been tried. You shall come forth when, in due time, ask your goal. Mm-hmm. So the only yes, reason why you're still going through is, it's not your time to come out. So it's what do you do time. while you're going right. through? Praise him like it's right. already done. you got to give yeah. him a dollar praise while you're still in it. You can't wait till you get out and praise him. You have to praise him like it's already done while you're still hurting. Praise him like it's already done while you're still sick. Praise him. you got to do, you remember the ten lepers that came to Jesus and they right. hollered yeah. down to him. Thou son of David, have mercy on us. And Jesus hollered back, go son of us to the priest. Well, he walked away with yeah. attitude like, we already been to the priest. The priest has already declared us a leper. Why would he do that? Why didn't he come up here and lay hands on us? He's supposed to be the healer. He's supposed to be the deliverer. How dare him holler back up here and tell us to go show ourselves to the priest? Now, that was the church. Who stayed behind? The sinner that didn't even know Jesus. Because when he mm-hmm. said that, Something woke up in them that him that stirred faith. If I just show myself to the priest, that means I got to go away looking. No doubt he looked at his hands and said, oh, my God, my hands has never looked like this. My skin is changing. Right. Oh, my Lord. He yeah. turned around and yeah. he began to worship Jesus. Jesus said, were there not ten? Where are the other nine? The other nine right, were right. Offended. The Bible said, the Bible said, they were healed as they went, but he was whole. Now, there's a difference between being healed and being whole. And when you're whole, everything yes. in your life is touched. Everything about you brings change. Everything about that man, because he looked for what the Lord said. If he said, go show yourself to the priest, now, they were dealing with the facts. The facts is, if I go show myself to the priest, then I have to wash myself. He got to take dove blood. He got to take uh, his hair. Mm-hmm. He got to take mm-hmm. the feathers. Right, he got right. to sprinkle me seven times. Got to shave my hair. Got to look for white hairs in the post. Got to sit me outside seven days. They're looking at the process. They weren't looking at the word. When the word speaks, you don't look at nothing else but what it says. You don't see it, but you heard it. And you got to act on That's what you hear. And because they were thinking about the process, they weren't thinking about the word. But the man thought about what he said. Go show yourself to the priest. So I'm talking to you, listeners. If the Lord said to you, take no thought for tomorrow, get your mind out of God's business. If he said mm-hmm. to you, take mm-hmm. no thought for tomorrow, what you're going to do, what you're going to put on, what you're going to eat, your father know what you have need of before you ever ask. Before you call, he has already answered. You ask him, he didn't mm-hmm. say baby, he said ask, and you shall uh, have. What's the Ask, you shall have, seek, and you will find, knock, and the door. Uh, knock in the door, yes, yes. If he says that to you, it's all about timing. Our problem is we got to learn how to wait on God in grace, Lord, no matter what. Hallelujah. I trust you. I don't care what mm-hmm. happens, mm-hmm. I trust you. I don't care what comes my way. I trust you, and I can tell you that it will build a stamina in you and a drive in you that you never knew you had yourself. 
Absolutely. When I look at when I look at a lot of what's happening in the church today, I cringe because I see a lot of people. I, I'm I'm in a mode now. I've been 60 years old this year, and I'm in a mode now where all I want to do is mentor and train. Do what I'm doing right now. Talk to people and pour into them right. and tell them how I made it because everybody's got to be willing to pass the baton. You've got to be. Right. You got to right. know when it's time to transfer what you have into somebody else. And I want to transfer this word into these people on this line, that whatever you're facing right now, remember mm-hmm. God's credibility. When he decided to say blessings upon blessings, I will bless you, he meant that. Multiply he meant that. He meant that. It is a law. It is a covenant that he has to bless you. And I don't care how Absolutely. dark it looks right now. The odds can be 99 against your 1%. You still win. you got to believe that with yes, everything yes. in you, and God will manifest it when you least expect it. Because why? The heart of the king is in the Lord's hand. And when you get rid of this wind of king that's holding your thing, you're going to turn it in yes, your favor. Turn however that's he wants it. Yes. <laughs> Yes, ma'am. Yes. Listen, whoever is listening to this podcast, I know for a fact that you have been blessed, that your life has been changed, and I'm quite sure that your faith has been challenged. There is no sense in being a Ruth or an Esther with Mordecai or a Mary with an Elizabeth and hearing this type of um, word that has come from this woman of God and it being so potent and so timely and not receiving what you need from God, whether you are in ministry or whether you are just a believer that is being faithful in the kingdom or a believer that is struggling in certain areas of your life. Uh, I promise you, if you just hit rewind on what she just said and listen to it over and over again, you won't continue to have that problem if you receive it in the way that it was given. Uh, Woman of God, I thank God for you. I love you so much. And I appreciate I love you too. <laughs> um, thank you, Sam. I appreciate everything that you have done for I, I don't want to sound like a broken recorder. I don't we, we don't talk as often, but I promise you 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 are a blessing to me. Um and I hold you dear in my heart. I thank God for you. I thank God for your diligence in ministry. I thank God for what you have done for women in ministry and for paving the way and being consistent and being faithful and doing it with character and integrity. Um, Because I think that a lot of times, you know, in certain areas we can be spiritual, but those things don't always translate into our natural states and how we handle ourselves where character and integrity is concerned. But I thank God for you in all of those facets. And I appreciate you for being on our podcast. Again, this is CDW <laughs> Life Nuggets Podcast. You can take a listen to us on Apple, Spotify, Google Play, any place that you can listen to podcasts. Uh, on my mobile app, you can listen to it there as well. And just hit replay. I promise you that you will be blessed by the time that we share. Um, Dr. G, let them know uh, how they can connect with you, your website, your social media, um, how they can follow you so into uh, your ministry for what you've just poured into us. Give us your information. Oh, wow. I'm on Facebook, and it's just simply Beatrice Gardner, and that's G-A-R-D-I-N-E-R. A lot of people just spell it G-A-R-D-N-E-R, but it's G-A-R-D-I-N-E-R. And um, <laughs> if, if you're doing a cash app, it's the same thing, dollar sign, Beatrice, G-A-R-D-I-N-E-R. And um, be listening out for us because I'm starting to launch for the Mighty Women of Valor. 
uh, and I'm calling on prayer warriors, intercessors, women uh, who uh, understand that they have a calling on their life and want to be trained and Mm -hmm. want to be mentored and want to be poured into. Uh, This is a new Mm -hmm. launch that we just had our meeting on Saturday. And so we're looking to do great things in the city of Dallas, Texas. So, yeah. Uh, that's how you reach me. I'm very simple. I don't have no titles, no labels on my site. Just Beatrice Gardner, and uh, that's that's it. <laughs> Listen, you can say you're simple, but you are somebody in the spirit. You hear? Me? <laughs> <laughs> so I thank God for you. You all connected her on Facebook, and uh, be watchful for what she just mentioned. Any woman in ministry that can carve out the time to go sit at the feet of this woman of God, I encourage you to do so. Um, she is genuine, authentic, and consistent in what she displays in word and in her life. And so I encourage you to uh, follow her so that you may be, that you can be connected and glean from her um, and then so into the place that you glean from. So God bless you for listening. Dr. G, thank you so much for being on the call with me. Again, I love you and I appreciate you and I'll be praying for you. Um, and we will uh, hopefully connect. Um, so that you can join back on either the podcast or one of our WinFam events. I would love for you to come and pour into uh, some of the women, as I said before, that I mentor or women that I'm connected with in ministry that need to hear um, your voice uh, of wisdom. Absolutely. Anytime uh, I'm available, uh, I just simply love God's people and I love the word. And I avail myself to anyone uh, that wants what God has to say and really have an appetite for the things of the kingdom. So you are so special. I, I have admired you uh, ever since I met you. I didn't even know you and my daughter was in school together. <laughs> and when oh, I wow. saw you, it was just <laughs> such a blessing. It was such a blessing to see you and then further see you again. But uh, I want to say I'm godly proud of you, uh, what you're Thank doing you. and how you're mentoring and forming. And I've, I've watched you traveling and ministering different places. You've even connected with some of the people that I prophesied their ministry into existence. Uh, that's Annette Coswell and her husband. Uh, wow, I prophesied wow. Their yeah, ministry I love and them. I, I love them. Well, I was in my 20s, and she was singing in the choir, and he was just a, a, a radio announcer when I prophesied their ministry. <laughs> I'll go all the way back Those there. Those are my that's kingdom my parents. Yes, ma'am. Absolutely. Okay, so your parents. I prophesied their ministry, and I was in my 20s. That's how far back I go. And so I I watch you, and and I've seen you, and you are doing a great job. Keep up the good work um, because the kingdom really needs people who will be an example to a dying world. The church is fading. People are fading because they're losing faith in God. They're disgruntled with the church. And so they need people like you that are saying, hey, it's real, and it works, and I'm young and I'm effective, and I'm powerful, so I'm equally as proud of you as you are of me. So thank you so much thank for having you. me I'm on. <laughs> yes, ma'am. Well, God bless you all for listening to the podcast. Again, share and let others know that you've done so, and, um, and listen to it over and over again so that your life can be empowered and blessed by the word of God that has been released by Dr. G tonight. Um, so thank you again, Dr. G. I love you. Love you all for listening, and we will connect you Uh, with our next podcast. God bless. Bless you.